Welcome to this special podcast series, Digital Titans, brought to you by Vita Mojo and Hospitality Mavericks. I'm Amy from Vita Mojo, and I'm excited to take you on this journey as we explore the digital transformation of the hospitality industry. During this series, you'll hear from industry leaders from the likes of Leon, the Azura Group, and Amazon. We'll talk through how they transform their business with digital solutions while meeting the changing needs of the market. Over to Michael and this week's guests. A lot of the software which people might be looking for now, which is related to digital customer journeys, it kind of doesn't matter if it's for travel, hospitality, retail, you just need a tool which is going to allow you to send emails in a really highly personalized way, or you just need a tool which is going to allow you to respond to customer feedback from multiple sources in one place. It's great that some of these companies like have, have that sort of hostility specific knowledge, but I think we should be thinking outside of that as well. This is Hugo Engel. Digital executive at Leon Restaurants, where he's part of building the restaurant for the future. Hugo has been on the show before to discuss digital transformation, so I really look forward to catching up with him again here on Digital Titans. In this conversation, we'll be talking about how Leon is using digital ordering capabilities to serve and understand their customers better. He also shares how they have worked focusing on collecting, organizing, and using their data to boost the experience for customers. He shares how they have worked focusing on collecting and organizing their data to boost the experience for the customers. He also shares how they have approached data mining and how this has made them possible to actually reach out to their super fans with more value and relevant information. He gives us insights into how they're adapting to a more digital training experience so the employees can upskill themselves faster and how this also are improving the onboarding experience in general and saving time on face-to-face training. We also talk about the next big move when it comes to digital transformation in restaurants and there will be much, much more. If you are a hungry learner when it comes to digital transformation and hospitality, I would recommend you to download a copy of the free report Digital Transformation of Hospitality created by Vita Mojo, Cam Meter, and us here at Hospitality Mavericks. We interviewed more than 100 leaders across the hospitality industry to understand where they are, how they're adapting to change, and how the future looks when it comes to digital transformation. You can download the report via the link in the show notes or at www.vitamojo.com under resource tab. As you're listening to this episode, please note that this interview was recorded back in March 2021. So lots of things have changed, both for Leon and the industry. We start up the conversation by revisiting our last conversation to hear about the progress Leon has done the last 10 to 12 months on digital transformation. Over to you, Hugo. It's really strange to think back to the last time we spoke and how different the world was then and how many things have happened since. Although I think if we if we were to ask both of us, are we still going to be in this situation in 12 months time, we probably would not have predicted it and probably would have become very pessimistic and, and sad. But I think now, I mean, as we were discussing just before starting the recording, you know, things are looking a lot more optimistic. Um, 
speaking to both internal and external partners as well, I feel like um, the light's sort of really at the end of the tunnel for for the industry. And there's some there's some certainty to have hope um, because of the vaccine program, where before I guess it was naive, wishful thinking that we'd come out of it before the end of last year. I think now we're, we're sort of definitely coming out of it this year. But to speak to, I guess, some of the things that we've been working on since then. So at that point, we were we were doing Feed Britain, which was our direct-to-consumer e-commerce platform to get food from restaurant suppliers who suddenly found that all their customers uh, were closed um, and get, get it into the hands of customers who at that point um, were finding the supermarket shelves were empty. And so we were working on that as well as Feed NHS, which is a campaign you mentioned, and that we were raising money for from Feed Britain, which was to use our restaurants to feed NHS workers with one hot, healthy meal a day. And, and that's something which we're still doing now. So so since we, we talked as well, okay, but last time we'd also talked a lot about how you were actually digitizing not only, you know, the the online ordering bit, but also how you can make it more safe for customers. Because at, a year ago, we were talking about when people are allowed to come back into the restaurants we were almost mm. feeling like we were as you said in the beginning we almost feel like we were almost in the end of this kind of lockdown adventure and then who would know that two more would come after that but but yeah. what else have you done since uh, since you did that last year because it was a lot about safety in our last conversation but what what is the maybe what is the theme now and what areas of the yeah. business i have you digitized besides your e-commerce and, and the safety of it being a customer in the store and employee for that sake yeah so um i mean at, at the start of 2020 which was sort of a few months after i i joined the personally but before the pandemic we had sort of hundreds of thousands of customers transacting um at our restaurants every week but they were all transacting over the counter at the till and so we had no way to connect those transactions to um, known contactable customers. Um, and we also weren't benefiting from the operational efficiencies and the increased check size that can be offered by digital ordering. So now, since then, we've been really trying to build out our digital ordering capabilities. So now, excluding delivery, we now have 20% of our in-restaurant sales um, coming through our own digital platform, which is comprised of our kiosk and smart order platform, which is click and collect. And with all the benefits that brings to ATV and operational efficiencies. But we, we also have 10% of orders um, placed on smart order. And that and it's through smart order that we can actually link those transactions directly to, to those known contact, contactable customers. And those customers we call our Leon Club members, who are sort of really at the heart of what we do. So. I spent sort of uh, a lot of 2020 sort of trying to develop our digital ordering to get to a point where we had a scalable kiosk solution, which I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about. And also we have smart order um, in every restaurant um, and to develop some new features for that too. Um, in the last few months, uh, we've been uh, focused on making strategic upgrades to our customer data infrastructure, which is, I guess, a slightly less sexy part, but it's actually what's going to enable us to really return the value of all that extra data that we're collecting from our digital ordering um, and return it back to our customers. So I'm sure we'll sort of go on to talk about that a bit more as well. And so sort of other things, I guess, which, has, which have happened since is we've digitized our team training. So all our training takes place over a gamified um, simulated training app. 
And we've done some more direct-to-consumer e-commerce experiments as well. So the Feed Britain campaign is finished, but we uh, we now sell Love Burger kits at home and, and we've got another one coming up very shortly too. So in principle, you have evolved many of the initiative you had and actually found uh, new ways of doing things. But also what you said that yeah, you're working on the, on the foundation. Is that correctly understand how to actually... Uh, scale this digitalization throughout your your organization so they, what you have learned is there's some deeply fundamentals that has to get in place to to really be able to digitalize at, at the fully uh, expense of really utilizing it if you could say it in that way yeah so i think you know where, where we got to in, in 2020 was being able to um you know convert unknown transactions to digital transactions with the sort of benefit that benefits that, that brings to sort of apv and operations but I think what we're really working on now is being able to actually capture the value of that from a data point of view. And that and that's what, as you said, sort of getting, um, making some sort of foundational changes to our customer data infrastructure so that effectively we have built our own data pipelines so that we can better consolidate customer data from across our multiple digital touch points. Um, and then also start to build a data warehouse for our own sort of easier analysis of those customer insights um, and that those data pipelines have allowed us to migrate to a, a new email marketing tool which means for the first time we're really able to share the value of the data with our customers by building really personalized email journeys and, and campaigns based upon it, all the data they've handed over um, on those sort of multiple touch points you talked about the core leon fans or raving fans of leon's uh, just in the beginning as well and, and you're indicating that again that with the data you have a better understanding of where they are. Is that correctly understand? And you actually now can actually, you know, develop and design the customer experience of these super fans in a much better way than you could before when they just came into your store and you didn't have that kind of information on them. Yeah, so we, we call it our, our Leon Club, which is, uh, we describe it as our sort of community of food-loving change makers. And there are sort of core Leon fans, and I think we recognize that um, as a business, our advantage and something that um, we can really leverage is that I think people love our brand and sort of want to engage with our brand directly and have um, a personal relationship with our brand in a way which they might not with Deliveroo, for example, or Uber Eats. I think those are sort of useful tools for customers, but I think Leon especially has a very emotive brand, which people want to be part of, and they want to be part of the Leon community. So it was, yeah, it's, it was important to us that we, as a sort of really strategically important area, that we're able to start building out our own data infrastructure to support more personalized interactions. And what that means for customers is that, you know, instead of right now, sort of very simply, rather than getting a generic email campaign um, or newsletter as, as part of the Leon Club, you're instead sort of funneled into different flows where you're sent emails which are based upon um, things that you've ordered or um, when you visited. So um, we don't want to send vegans um, who make up a decent proportion of our club um, news about uh, a new chicken burger that we're, we're launching. You know, We, we don't want to send uh, emails to our most loyal fans telling them to come back to Leon because we've reopened when actually they've been visiting Leon all through lockdown. And and we and we know this, but we in the past haven't been able to leverage that data to actually make those communications sort of as effective as they could be. And, and that's super interesting uh, that you actually gone back to that. You know, in the old days, you call that a CRM 
system and actually finding ways to, to leverage that much better as you are you are you are coming back as a both reopening the stores because I guess also you can engage with these uh, super fans I call them uh, your Leon Klopp in a, in a much more target way as you said and thereby you can actually get them engaged in helping you spreading the word with the, the reopening as well because I guess they are as excited as you guys are that you can uh, hopefully open the doors be careful what we say in in these times but but it was interesting you mentioned also you you, you touched on the last time we talked a lot about the the customer experience journey but now you also talked about the employee experience journey where you actually have digitalized you said the training of employees and i'm, I'm sure you have done a lot of other stuff but that's interesting what what has been the uh, incentive behind that as a move into uh, and focusing on that in the employee experience of uh, digitalizing training, I guess one of them is that people has not been able to be on the floor together. I guess that's one, but it has to be other things where you said, okay, this is the opportunity we need to to grasp right here and now. Yeah, I, I think um, the way we were previously doing training was was fine for maybe our company size a couple of years ago, but it wasn't particularly scalable. So. If you were if you're a Leon team member and you wanted to upskill yourself um, to move along uh, the employee journey or the um, we, we we refer to our employees as the Leon family and I previously you'd have to sort of visit across London to our Leon office and um, spend a day uh, sort of in the office um, trying to trying to learn the next skill that you needed to um, to move along that journey. But actually, a lot of these skills are things which could be taught quite easily and quite effectively digitally. And so we know that most of our team members are young digital natives who spend a lot of their time on their on their phones anyway. And we knew that they would be engaging just as well in, in this sort of training if we could offer it to them where they are and sort of where they want to be. And so instead, uh, instead of having to traipse across London and sort of uh, fill out sort of paper forms, in our office, they can instead engage with a lot more of a sort of interactive and fun learning experience on their phone, where it's sort of both gamified, so they can see their leaderboards against um, against their friends and against other restaurants. It's simulated, so there are actual sort of simulations of interactions they might have with with customers, and also they can uh, easily track their progress and so see what modules they've completed and how many points they've accrued and, and what modules they have left to do. Um, I mean, we understand that it's not, you know, not all skills are applicable to be learned just sort of on your own, on your phone. And there's a big element still of what we call the team members and mums and dads, the sort of general managers in the restaurants, being able to validate that, okay, you know, you've you've learned on the app how to um, build a certain burger. But now before we actually pass you on the course, we want to we want to see you to do it so, um, so we can check for ourselves. But we managed to cut out a lot of the sort of inefficiency and drudgery of, of having to sort of attend um, a tr- sort of in-office training session. So you just talked us through the that you put in the foundation in place the last year. You worked on your customer data. You have your CRM streamlined, and you have a much better idea about who your super fans or the club members, as you call them, of Leon now, and you understand their the behaviors and the wants. As you have this foundation in place and done this uh, pre-work, what is the the next big thing when it comes to, to digitizing uh, the business? What what are what are you going to use all this information to, and how are you going to make the next big move? Yeah, so I think as you described it, um, we we've done the work on collecting 
much richer data on our transactions. Um, so we we can link more transactions to real customers. And then, yeah, in the last few months, we've been able to build the customer data infrastructure to allow us to consolidate that data in one place. The next thing to really take advantage of all this is to build our own omni-channel loyalty scheme. So we're we're aware that at the moment, our loyalty scheme is limited just to one channel and that, and that smart order, but increasingly we're becoming a multi-channel business. Um, so not just within the restaurants um, where you have smart order, kiosk orders, till orders, delivery orders. Um, but then we also have our grocery business and Sainsbury's as well. And then also our sort of direct to consumer e-commerce businesses as well. So our Lad Burger kits and um, one which is coming out uh, shortly too. And what we really want to do is for those Leon Club members, um, allow them to be able to rewards and points across those multiple customer touch points. Um, and then also to be able to redeem them across those multiple channels too. It's super interesting because it almost reminds me of a, a loyalty scheme when I think about how the uh, Tesco's is, is a good example about how, how they have actually now, I think, it, I don't know if it's during the pandemic, has also been working very much on how they release their point system because it's something that if people sign up for it, always have thought was something that was complicated and didn't have any value in all. It's almost seemed that you also are seeing that opportunity to actually to make people feel they can get something out of any any loyalty uh, touch point they have within within Leon if they buy in the, in the e-commerce or in the shop. And that's what you're really now trying to put a, push forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, I think. Not not just loyalty, but I guess like in a more immediate term, another piece that we're 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 working on is the sort of customer feedback. Um, so we've seen a sort of sea change in the last couple of years, where um, previously a lot of our customer feedback, the majority of our customer feedback, were um, our survey forms that customers were filling out on our website or um, scanning our receipts uh, to to tell us about their experience. Now, now our guest happiness team, um, which is what we call our customer support team, most of the customer feedback they're getting is through social media. Um, so people tweeting us, people posting on our Instagram posts and DMing us um, to give feedback about sort of certain products or, or restaurants they've been to. And at the moment, we aren't able to convert all that freeform text into sort of really actionable insights. Um, so we are some current feedback provider, um, and I think to be honest, like most feedback providers that we've found within hospitality sector aren't really able to uh, have that sort of scalable analysis of freeform text um, into auto tagging them into topics and then uh, conducting sentiment analysis to be able to track easily the sentiment of certain topics to so be able to see if we have 100 tweets on the speed of service, say, um, but all all talked about in slightly different ways um, and with different sentiment, we want to be able to turn that into a score which says um, our speed of service score um, based upon all those tweets and all those Instagram comments and all those Facebook mentions is X. At the moment, we're sort of working through hundreds of different comments, um, trying to trying to come up with our own view of, of, what, of what the trends are over time. Whereas I think, you know, right now, 
with machine learning models as they are and sort of as cost effective as they are. It's a sort of area which I think lots of hospitality operators should be looking to sort of better understand their customers with. Um, so that's that's another thing which is sort of on on the plate at the moment. So I guess you know that that speaks to um, what we want to do for for our customers in terms of being able to offer Leon in a more personal and relevant way, um, but also for our Leon family as well, for our team members to to improve this sort of their engagement and and their efficiency. We're we're looking at how we can use kitchen screens more effectively um, in our restaurants, so that. You know, as our restaurants have become more omnichannel, they're much more easily able to see what they need to make for ordering channel in one place. And we avoid what I think many restaurants are facing right now, what we've called tablet gate, where you have sort of three different tablets for different for different delivery companies, as well as maybe your own ordering platform, as well as maybe orders from your till. So yeah, that's I guess the third thing that we're looking at at the moment. It's super interesting as well that you you say that even in in a pandemic like this, you know, before you had these customer service contact center or you did it by phone, and then you're seeing the the the, the journey has really been accelerated of how people are using social media to to get feedback or complain for that sake. It is an opportunity to to get it right, as you say. And again, how that actually changes the game and what you need to do as uh, as as a company. What about all the things you've done the last year? And you've probably done more than you can actually list up in in this conversation. Probably a lot of small updates and changes on a digital point of view but what is the the biggest wins you have as you mentioned the top two biggest win you had over the year and what what kind of return of investment are you, are you looking at in, in broad terms here so i think um what's going to have the biggest um business impact and um what has delivered the most roi so far are kiosks so at the beginning of last year um so sort of shortly before we spoke we were sort of trialing Vita Mojo's iPad kiosks in one of our restaurants um, to better understand the impact that has on ATV and the operational processes. And then we sort of got feedback from customers that the iPad kiosks were, were too small. They were sort of more accustomed to the larger size screens that they've used at other fast food chains. Um, and also we noticed that in terms of customers using the kiosks, that sort of participation rate, it was relatively low because we we theorize that the ipad kiosks aren't making such a big impact um in restaurant so since then we developed with vita mojo a larger screen kiosk solution and i think you know this this speaks to one of the advantages of working with vita mojo that we found which is that they really listen to their clients feedback but they're also software natives as a company so they're not tied to any specific hardware which means that they were able to respond to us and develop an Android version of their kiosk app, which we could then put on any Android supporting screen uh, of sort of many different sizes. Um, this has also sort of made it a lot more cost effective in terms of the CapEx investment involved, as we're able to use relatively low cost sort of Android based screens, rather than investing in sort of very uh, specific and sort of uh, outdated um, kiosk hardware, which was sort of also available on the market. So. Since we've sort of developed these larger screen kiosks with Vita Mojo, we've been slowly sort of learning more and more by putting them in more restaurants of sort of different types. And it was there's definitely a, a long sort of learning and development process where uh, we saw how we integrate it with our unique operational flow um, from a tech standpoint, how we 
integrate it with the rest of our tech stack um, and with the sort of restaurant IT infrastructure too. Um, but then also learning how the customers respond um, to, to the interface itself and how we can make little adjustments to, to the menu and to product placement in order to drive ATV on the orders, in order to also just make the order more efficient for customers. So adding things like one-click coffees where customers can order the most popular coffees um, in, in, in just one single tap rather than having to sort of personalize every order they do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been sort of a really interesting process to, to now get to a point where we feel that we have a kiosk solution which is sort of ready to quickly scale across the state. Yeah, and I remember we talked about that last time we, we connected as well. And at that point, we dis- we had a little discussion around mobile versus kiosk, which one is gonna take off. And uh, and you didn't you didn't indicate it that it's still a, a question mark with the pandemic how people will feel about things as they they come back. And it, it's great to hear that actually the kiosk exactly the preferred way to order because I guess that gets a lot of other benefits throughout the organization as well from a staffing point of view that staff can actually spend their time on the right things. You talked about that last time that actually staff should over time when technology really gets sticky uh, be able to focusing on other tasks than just doing machine tasks like putting orders into the till. Yeah. Yeah. What have been uh, over the last, uh, since we connected about 10 months ago, what have, have you learned something new around? We talked about implementation last time and the obstacles that can come in the way for good tech implementation. And you just mm. talked about the tech stack has to work together and the challenges around that, that you have maybe multiple data point and tech solution that has to work together. Well, what has been your learnings around implementation and change during you know, in, in, the, in probably the most craziest time in, in 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 modern history when it comes to technology and business. Yeah, so I think this is really interesting. Something that I've um, definitely learned a lot about over the over the last year is sort of as we've looked to um, improve our email marketing, for example, or something else that I haven't mentioned yet, which we which we've been working on a lot is subscriptions. So we, I mean, <laughs> I'll get it in there. A week before Pret launched a coffee subscription on a sort of on a trial basis um just to sort of learn more about the economics of it and the customer demand for it and you know when when it came to then using more advanced um billing management tool for subscriptions just like when it came to us wanting to use a more advanced email marketing tool you find that the solutions which if you were a business in in sort of any other sector sort of any retail business um that you would jump to don't have any existing integrations with uh, the rest of your hospitality tech stack. And I think like people talk a lot about uh, sort of software and hospitality being fragmented, but I think it's what's maybe like not talked enough about is the fact that it's sort of fragmented in, in two ways. And it's both sort of fragmented within the industry. So there's not even, even sort of hospitality specific software solutions don't often have more than sort of two or three other um, integrations with with some other relevant systems that you might be using. Um, although I think that has got a lot better, but also hospitality is fragmented in that it seems to exist in an ecosystem of its own outside of other sort of market leading tools. And so the sort of biggest obstacle to sort of this, to circle back to your question that we face in implementation are those integrations. So it's obviously vitally important to get the most out of any system. Um, that it's sort of working together with everything else you have to take data from all the relevant sources or to push data to any relevant systems. 
but we found that there's this uh, dilemma often of do you use a hospitality specific tool which um, might have a few of the existing integrations but is just going to be much less advanced than and actually more expensive than a software solution which would be used by anyone setting up a sort of retail business um, it fulfills the exact same use case and is actually a lot cheaper because it's just charged a, uh, a sort of monthly fee based on maybe um, how many agents you're using or um, your revenue rather than sort of this sort of per restaurant fee that um, most hospitality software solutions use for their pricing plans. And also they're just bigger businesses which have scaled enough that they can be more cost effective. But we can't, you have to sort of build your own data pipelines to integrate with them. Um, so that's what we've done. And so we've now got our own Leon API, which means really, it means we can sort of take advantage of the best tools out there um, for the best price possible. And, you know, it kind of surprises me that there isn't a data pipelining SaaS tool like Stitch, for example, um, which has sort of inbuilt connectors between all these platforms within hospitality, because I think people are spending a lot of money on integrations or they're really limiting themselves to a small set of less advanced tools which have pre-existing integrations. That, that's a super interesting angle because that's maybe come back to also we talked about a bit in the last conversation about that hospitality and there has been a lot of that before the pandemic where uh, and I've been under that banner as well saying that we are a bit uh, behind or I said sometimes we're in the dark ages in some areas when it comes to digitization and then it, it feels like industries like retail media or whatever we could compare us to they are they're decades ahead of us sometimes it feels like because uh, we, we don't have the best tools and the customer and the employees don't get the best experiences they could have had with technology because we are we are limited ourselves as you just said so it's super super interesting and it just actually brings that conversation back that we are might going into a period where where you will see a, a change in the tools provided as well. What about on the uh, on the human side, as you know, as the the employees has been told to use more technology in every way they they have to interact, both uh, when they're in the restaurants, when they're not in the restaurant. Have you seen any any challenges with that? That has always been a typical uh, obstacle that have been put up by operator that people don't really want to use the tech out in the restaurants. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that we always have to um, implement really carefully and, and ensure that um, we've given enough training and enough um, awareness beforehand of any changes that have happened. And, you know, we, we've definitely are getting better at doing that. And, and it's true that, you know, I think restaurants, in order to run really efficiently, run off a really exacting operational model where if you're sort of disrupting it by a certain piece of technology that then has a lot of knock-on effects and you know there it's you need to make sure that sort of anything is fully integrated into a new operational model um, and isn't just seen as some sort of alien bolt-on to what to what's being done already at the same time i think that um on the human element sometimes the ability of the team members especially to adapt to new technology is underappreciated. I think, you know, most of our team members, and I, know, I don't think it's just an age thing, but I think it, it does make a difference that most of our team members are, are pretty young. Um, I mean, they're used to sort of picking up a new piece of tech and especially if, it, if it's made well um, and to be able to understand it uh, almost straight away and to be very comfortable using it. Um, 
And, you know, like it, it, the, the learning management system I referred to at the start is a good example of that. You know, um, people are used to engaging with things over their phone or um, or on iPads. And if if the technology is built well, it should be intuitive to use. Um, and I think, you know, we, we sometimes um, we sometimes underestimate how adaptable um, sort of digital natives um, who are most of our team members are in, in terms of adopting that. It's uh, so you actually believe that, you know, uh, due to, you know, that uh, I guess also the, the, the pandemic actually have just made us, you know, a lot of people I know in my family didn't know how to do a Zoom. Now we all can do that. So we become much yeah. better and much quicker at, at that as well but also like a generational we have a change in in the workforce the works in in the front line and they are more ready than than we think probably what about uh from a skills point of view uh, when such a change comes in the into the world not just the pandemic but digitalization have you seen that the organization had to find new ways working new skills need to be brought along during this year to actually build this uh digital first company yeah i think um what was quite interesting is i guess to, to link it back to our um first conversation on on feed britain at, at that point for a lot of people in the business it was you know the first time sort of managing a e-commerce business a, a, a purely digital business and so that i think was a really 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 helpful learning experience because it opened everyone's eyes to the benefits of being able to track a customer sort of all the way through the marketing funnel so we could start to um evaluate the effectiveness of sending out email campaigns for example we could we could see you know when we uh post this certain social ad how much revenue does that generate because the orders being placed are digital orders and i think like so many people in the business learned so much from that experience and learned so much about um how to sort of think of marketing, especially in a more um, analytical and data-led way. Whereas just quite frankly, like before in the restaurants, it was almost impossible to do because um, except for just uh, for, for tracking the, the sort of overall sales of a restaurant, it, it's very hard to, to connect a, a discrete marketing action to, to the revenue that that action has generated. Whereas now like sort of applying those lessons from Feed Britain, to our new tech stack where we do have the digital ordering and then we do have a customer data infrastructure which can link that digital ordering to the email marketing campaigns that we're sending out and to all our other touch points we're then able to do what we did with feed britain um in in our own restaurants using all those new skills that people have acquired from from that experience so i think i'm you know i'm really grateful that we were able to go through that and in a way it sort of made my job a lot easier I, I haven't had to sell in the benefits of of digital to everyone because everyone saw it with their own, own eyes and that's super interesting because i guess also as you move forward uh we talked a bit about it last time as well automation of things in in the in the, in the restaurant it also the means that people would actually learn to play a different role when they have these digital tools in their hands in the restaurants because suddenly they have some insight and knowledge out in the front line they didn't have before and i don't know if you are all that way yet and then you you can give them that insights but is that the part of the plan as well so they can actually start 
into engaging with customers in a different way or haven't you seen the, the fruits of that yet? That's something we're still working on. Um, so that's, I guess, linked to the customer feedback piece where we was you know, thinking of customer feedback as not just people sort of filing complaints and surveys, um, but actually sort of everything that people are saying about us online and communicating with us in whichever channel they, they choose to communicate on. And then, yeah, we want to present that just on a tablet format um, uh, in a live data dashboard for our restaurants. So they can fully understand what people are saying about Leon, but also about the particular restaurant and about the products. Um, so they have all that data at their fingertips. Something which is also, I guess, related to that is the kitchen management screen project, which I mentioned. So like um, for the back of house team, to be able to really easily understand what do I need to make now so I have enough chicken nuggets for the orders which are going to come in in half an hour's time. And that's something that we're we're sort of working on as well and sort of being able to develop our kitchen display screens. So yeah, I, th I think getting distributing the benefits of digital across the business is key and not just seeing it as something that is done by a few people in head office. I mean, th that's super important. And um, I think it's something that we've been we've been able to do a bit because so many of the changes um, have been uh, sort of centered around the restaurant as well. You uh, remember our first conversation, this conversation, you said like you have been really focusing on that in, in, in this year of the, the pandemic. What, what, how important is digital for, for Leon as a, from a business point, uh, point of view or a business strategy, we can call it as well, in the, in the coming years? Is, this, is, is that at the core of what Leon does? Is that digitalization? Yeah, it's, it's at the heart of what we do. And I mean, it, I guess, you know, actions sometimes speak louder than words. And throughout this really difficult time for, for Leon, we've also hired a data scientist who's who's joined me in the digital team, um, who's, you know, a trained data scientist and data engineer. So I was able to um, both work on some of that uh, data pipelining that I was mentioning, but also take our uh, data analysis to the next level. Um, by using sort of data mining techniques and and not just Excel, we've also we've also hiring um, a digital marketing manager as well. So we have that super user to to use um, our new customer data infrastructure and new email marketing tools. So you know we've it, it's clear that even even through these really tough times, it, it's it's a, been a business priority for us. And I feel really lucky that we have a CEO. Um, and also in investors who fully understand and are on board with the benefits of digital. And for our customers as well, it, it's, just, it's, it's key because it's, as I said, it's a, it's a Leon club, which is the heart of our business. And we want to be able to sort of return value to them um, by being able to offer Leon in a more personal and, and relevant way. And, and that's what data and digital interfaces allow us to do. And you know, for our Leon family, for our team members, we want to um, make make work more engaging for them um, and be able to automate some of the most labor intensive and um, machine like uh, processes um, to create what, what we call um, the Leon super job, which is um, you know the the job which after all the most machine like drudgery work has been taken by machines, which is just going to happen. It's, it's kind of inevitable in, in every sector. Um, we want to empower our Leon team members with the data they need to be able to improve decision making in their operations and to make their their own job sort of really human. Because I think I think we spoke about this last time, but like 
after automation, the most um, the jobs which are left are the most human jobs, and those are the jobs that we want Allianz team members to to be prepared for. So yes, I guess the the first step is uh, getting you know your your data points and the flow of data, as you said, the foundation in that in place. And then you you now you're talking about automation of repeating tasks in in the in the restaurant. But what if we take that into an industry level, Hugo? Where, where do you think the industry is uh, compared to where we talked about like? 10 months ago, we were still in the early days of the pandemic. Everybody was running out doing digital initiatives. Have we actually moved as far on the journey as uh, some people think? Because some people think that we moved maybe two or three years on the, the digital roadmap uh, when you when you read about things and hear about things in the hospitality industry. What is your view from as an industry and what has happened the last 10 months? Yeah, I, I think we've definitely made a, a lot of progress. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to seem like I'm sort of knocking digital and hospitality. I think um, incredible amounts of advances um, have have happened in the last year. Um, but I also just think there's a long, long way to go still. Um, I think what's really happened is um, some changes which maybe operators made initially just because they had to um, for health and safety reasons and for the um, the new restrictions, regulations. Some of those changes which uh, required them to use technology, I think they've now, in the, in the time since, started to see how they're actually not just something that can make them be legally compliant with coronavirus um, restrictions, but also something that, something that can generate a lot of value to them as a business. So I think, you know, other Vitamojo clients um, who I've spoken to, for example, I'm thinking, you know, Nando's and, and uh, Yo Sushi especially, I think some of those changes are ones which are now sort of key to key to their business's operating model and and will stick around after the um, after the restrictions finish. I think the real test is then going to be like okay, but do they take them further um, by really sort of investing in not just the digital ordering itself, but um, maximizing the value from that digital ordering through through their own sort of customer data infrastructure. Um, but also, like, do they see digital as strategically important enough that they would start to build out their own in-house digital teams? So I, I think that that's something which we're still going to be sort of yet yet to see um, until until really the restrictions finish. But I think yeah, we definitely made huge strides in the last year. I don't know if if, if three years is 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 accurate or not, but I think definitely in terms of consumer adoption it's more than three years then it's going to be interesting to to follow as well uh you know you mentioned you you look to china often and it looks like china has also just exploded the whole digitalization uh, when it comes to retail and restaurants and i think the us is is the same i read an article recently with a sweet green uh, which is a very progressive uh, operator, QSR operator, yeah. salad concept. And uh, it's insane about how they actually also, as you talked about, focusing on the data bit, big data was really been their thing as well. Uh, and then actually uh, how they actually could take away, uh, you know, repeatedly tasks as done by humans in restaurants and how they could get tech to do it from scheduling to uh, organizing the flow of orders coming in and, and so on and so on. So, yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the speed they will they will put for, for the UK as well. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, I mean, what, what's quite interesting is that um, I think, you know, you, you have the, um, the large global players like, let's say, you know, McDonald's, for example, 
Um, and you have the digital native um, restaurant companies like Sweetgreen um, who have huge in-house soft, software engineering teams um, where they can actually build their own technology um, and they have that sort of technology then becomes uh, a strategic advantage for them as a business. Um, and they can offer customers sort of truly personalized experiences, for example, in the way that they um, order their order their food. Um, and they can, for their team members, they can build um, technology which is really specific to their own operating model. Um, so their own, the way that their kitchens are run, for example. Um, I feel like um, there's then like quite a large gap between that and then what's available to operators who don't have their own in-house um, software engineering teams in the UK market. So I think um, what, what we've missed is what maybe exists in um, retail, for example, where like um, anyone, any sort of small business can um, use Shopify or other sort of e-commerce software and basically have the same um, have the same sort of degree of, uh, of I guess, like personalization in the way their products are shown to customers, um, the, same, uh, the same sort of advanced email marketing tools to an extent, I guess, um, like really cheap and easy loyalty schemes to all plug in, um, the same BI tools, um, uh, sort of with pre-built connectors to, to their data sources, the same sort of marketing tools. Um, and and you know they they basically have access to like almost the same level of tech as the the global leaders do in their industry. What hasn't happened yet in hospitality, I think, is um, software companies haven't been built, which um, in the UK, which has, which has supplies um, small to mid-sized operators with that same level of um, technology that um, McDonald's and Sweetgreen have through their in-house teams. I think Vitamojo are, you know, are like are getting there and are probably uh, they're the closest to it in the UK. But there's no, um, there's there's no one sort of who, who's there yet. I think you know Toast in the US um, mm. are, are great. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably a gap for for someone who wants to sort of build um, a SaaS tool, um, which sort of offers uh, hospitality operators the ability to create a customer experience, which um, McDonald's have spent a lot of resources doing sort of in-house. Yeah, and, and you, it is incredible uh, if you've gone and visited McDonald's during the pandemic to see how tech have actually changed their operation totally and how actually all those before years they invested in this, it, it came back and they've been able to test things in a different scale that, that never I've heard as well. So uh, apparently they, they, are, they are very well armored for for the future what about uh, if you were here in the end of the conversation Hugo should give you know one advice to operators out there that is on this digital journey what would that one advice be uh, in the current time we're in right now I guess like to, to draw on a, a theme that I guess I've spoken a bit about today already is when you're when you're looking at sort of building your um, tech stack or upgrading your existing tech stack don't feel constrained by the hospitality specific vendors. So I, I think it is possible to open up your tendering process um, or your sort of desk research process to 
to software providers who actually you might find um, do everything you need and more, um, even though they're not hospitality specific. Um, and by doing that, you're going to get the best in class and best available technology for that use case on the market for a lower price than if you went with a hospitality specific vendor um, a lot of the time. I think, uh, you know, there are, there are, there are cases where you need a hospitality specific supplier, but I think a lot of, a lot of the software, which people might be looking for now, which is related to um, uh, digital customer journeys, it kind of doesn't matter if it's for uh, travel, hospitality, retail, you just need a tool which is going to allow you to um, send emails in a really highly personalized way, or you just need a tool which is going to allow you to respond to customer feedback from multiple sources in one place. You know, it, it like it, it's it's great that um, these some of these companies like have have that sort of hostility specific knowledge, but I think we should be thinking outside of that as well. Great, great. That was that was super great advice and a definitely a different advice than uh, you normally hear. And that's a super interesting point of view you brought into the conversation about digitalization. Thank you so much for your all your advice around, you know, your journey about putting the, the data infrastructure in place and also optimization and then now looking at how can you actually get the best tools possible uh, not only in the in the hospitality market but also outside and how you can use that to to drive your business forward to become a digital first business thank you so much for having me on michael again as i said last time i feel like you probably have so many more insights than me and can probably express them um in a, a lot more of a succinct and articulate way so um, I'd love to. I'd love to hear what your answers are to all those questions at some point as well. Yeah, but we still have that coffee in a way uh, that we need to go and do, and maybe now we actually get to a position that we can do that where we all had our, had our jabs and uh, vaccinations. Yeah, I'm touching wood. <laughs> we said this last time. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope for better times. Uh, stay safe, Hugo. You too. Thank you so much, Hugo, for your great insights on digital transformation how to use data to make better customer experience. Also really like the idea about the importance of stopping up and assessing the current tech stack to make sure it adds value both to the employee and customer journey. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with anyone you think would benefit. The Digital Titan series brought to you by the wonderful people at VitaMojo, the technology company that is powering the best food and drinks businesses in the UK and Europe. Trusted by leading brands, including Nando's, Brewhouse and Kitchen, Leon and Yo Sushi. VitaMojo helps operators transform their operations through technology. Check them out at vitamojo.com or contact them directly at sales at vitamojo.com. You can download the free digital transformation of Hospitality Report via the link in the show notes or through the VitaMojo website under the resource tab. Thank you for listening.